Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Well, uh, we're in for a treat this morning. We've got um, carrying on this whole thing of unity, this whole theme of revival. I was telling my kids on the way to school, on the way to church this morning, I was saying to them, I remember when I went to church and someone preached the Word of God, something in me, even as a 10, 11, 12-year-old, just responding. I was actually a bit of a nervy kid, a bit fearful on a few things when I was a child and had some health (coughs) issues that didn't help that. But whenever I heard God's Word spoken in an environment like this, something inside of me changed. And I told my kids this morning on the way to school, uh, church, whoa, sorry, on the flip, on the way to church, I said, whoever's speaking the word in whatever room you're in, have an expectation. And this morning, we have the wonderful and the amazing Rebecca Heslop come to bring the word. Now, Rebecca is, doesn't preach all of the time. So she doesn't always have the time to make this happen. Sometimes I ask her and she's like, I'm flat out, babe, I'm flat out. So I want to let you know that she has done um, a, a solid and really like bringing a word, a message that is going to speak to our hearts. But I'd love you to have an expectation, a leaning on the inside. If you've got a note-taking device, get it out. Get ready for God to speak to you. Let's put our hands together for the incredible Rebecca Hislop. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm actually jogging up tonight because I've got my sports shoes on. <laughs> Woo! Uh, borrowed them off my daughter. She's selling them. Uh, she, if you, if you, oh, Graham. Are you okay? I'm all good. And actually, it's all falling apart after you deny my What's high five. It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. Wow. I've got to say, uh, I, I, can't, I can't carry on about the sale of the shoes now, Graham, because you just took it away with that Holy Spirit movement. Um, I'm moving forward. Am I allowed to? Like, Great. Siri is not available on my screen, but I sure hope my message is. Uh, it's going to be It's good to be with you guys this morning. Who has had a good Sunday so far? Fabulous. Um, Oh, good. My message is there. Slight panic. You know, when Siri's not available, but the message isn't as well, that would change what I had to say today. Well, the last few weeks, we have been covering unity. How good is unity? Well, it's good when you've got it, right? You know, hopefully you've got it. Have you guys all got a few new BFFs now? Yeah, you're talking about what bracelet or tattoo you get with your new making those bead BFFs and the kids ministry today, just because we're all on the journey of unity. If you haven't been with us, unity means this, being together or one with someone or something. It's the opposite of being divided. And that's where the Lord, and that's where the Lord wants us, not divided, but in unity. Maybe you love the theme but you actually have a hard time thinking about it and opening up. So it's like a struggle to embrace and unify with others. Maybe that's where you are. Why? I wonder why. Why is there so often the challenge with unity? Well, in 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter explains what living for Christ is like. And what it is, he likens to Jesus to be the great rock. And the reality being that God has given us the rock, Him, to be a foundation on. It's a wide open life. 
It's a life beyond, he says. First Peter 2, 9 to 10 in the message, love this, so listen up. The reason we have the Bible in, in, in our messages is because that's what we base our messages on, so you've got to hear it. Uh, in 9 to 10, it says, But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do His work and speak out for Him, to tell others the night and day difference He made for you. From nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Ricky Baker. But this statement, if you've seen that movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. That statement, once rejected, now accepted, is massive, I think. Obviously referring to the power sin had over us in death. But I also believe and know firsthand it's a core issue when we are called to live in unity. This thing, some of you may have heard of it, rejection. See, everyone experiences it. Maybe you've experienced it in a sports team. Maybe you've experienced it with school, like, ouch. Maybe you've experienced it in your own family, at work. There's many places we can experience rejection. But But what if there is a rejection deeper down that we all must face. Let me tell you a little bit about my story. I get the mind, so it's my turn, okay? Graham tells you versions of my story, and they're not always accurate, so I will. I swear he just, you know, never mind. No, it's all good, he's great. Here we have a little picture. Um, I'm gonna take you through my photo album. Oh, I'll have to, I'll stand over. Here I am, look at me, this is me. Here I am just tucked in here um, and those little plastic things they use when you're in the hospital. It's a picture of perfection. My mum's wearing the knitted cardigan with a skivvy. My two older brothers also in their knitted cardigans with skivvies. My dad behind the camera in a knitted cardigan with a skivvy. And no doubt, I can see a smidge of cream in there, I would be having a knitted cardigan and maybe a skivvy. It was a skivvy kind of day. I was born in August. And that is a picture-perfect family photo, right? There's the smiles. Mum's got her hair done well. The boys have got the flicks out, you know, with the curls. Curls get more girls, apparently. How's that working for you, Oh, you've gone. He's gone. He heard his mum was speaking. He's vermoosed. Um, but actually, even though this shows a picture of a perfect beginning, the backstory of a few months prior to that picture was not a picture of perfect beginning. You see, I was the result of a 16-year-old girl getting pregnant to a young guy who she barely knew, in fact, had to use a fake name on the birth certificate. And so the decision was made that I would be adopted. Now, what happens back in those days, back in the olden days, guys, um, was that when you were adopted, you were left in the hospital for 10 days while the whole process happened. So that was when the, the time for the, my birth mother to decide for sure she wanted to give me up and also for people to be able to find parents for me. Obviously, it wasn't too hard. Pretty adorable. Um, but uh, they found some. In fact, there was probably a line, let's be honest. And 
luckily, Mum and Dad, uh, John and Sandra Polgays, hit the jackpot and they were allowed me. So the process was made. I was allowed to leave with them and all the documents and all of that rah-rah happened. Now, I was adopted into this incredible family who wanted another child, particularly a girl. Not not such a bad thing. Girls are pretty good. And I was brought up to be told how incredibly special I was and how being adopted was special. And, I mean, they took a risk, right? They took a risk with me. You just don't know what you're getting when, you know, two different genes of different people you don't even know. Like, they could have got anything. So let's have a little picture, looky at picture number two. Oh, look at me. See, this should have been red flag number one. Um, I like to sleep in unusual places. We still have that blanket. We actually take it out boating when it's on a cold day. And, and I suck to my thumb, and I like going to sleep in weird places. I don't know. Maybe I had insomnia as a child. I'm not too sure. Then we're going to have picture number three of me. Yeah, okay. This is disturbing. Okay, so this paints a beautiful picture of you might see the fringe going on. One day, I had, I had decided, quite organised, I might just start jump-starting my career in hairdressing, and I gave myself a little archway fringe trim. Um, I'm pretty sure it was peaking before my time, and um, it was very trendy. Luckily that day, I dressed in running gear because my mum chased me around the house with a wooden spoon, and my bum is still recovering from the pain. You know, it wasn't illegal back then, so please don't tell on my mother. And then I was also this unusual little girl who they would find at two in the morning, this hasn't changed, tidying my drawers. <laughs> yes, it started from a young age. I loved order, I loved tidying, and that was probably red flag number two, three, and four as well. We can show the normal picture of me when my fringe had grown back. Oh, look at that. And you can also see that my natural hair colour is blonde. So there we go. Anyway, that's enough. You can put me... Put, put those photos down. I was a little bit of a shy girl, believe it or not. And, uh, but yeah, around the right people, I was cheeky and I would let myself come out of my shell. But what the pictures of me don't show is that my inner world, without totally understanding it until I probably got a wee bit older, was that of a girl who felt and lived in rejection. See, her girl, a girl who felt she didn't matter. I feel a girl who felt she wasn't good at anything, and I mean anything. Now, that is what's crazy, because none of that message came from the family that I was adopted into. As they did nothing but show me unconditional love, they encouraged me, maybe a smidge spoiled, and I wasn't complaining. But this stuff was deeper stuff. This was a heart thing. It was like a spirit of rejection had gotten over me, maybe even in the womb. I think of it as a filter, how I saw things, on how I felt I was loved, how I felt I was accepted or fitted in. It was like, for me, I felt like I had rejection written on my forehead. For me, or for us, when we have these strong feelings, we totally see things different to how they maybe actually are. You see, I've made this quality filter. Uh, it's going to be on App Store later. Um, <clears throat> this was actually, if you saw my post, this is what took me six hours yesterday. I wasn't really message prepping. I was just trying to make a square. Um, but, you know, I, uh, I wore this filter at school. 
I wore this filter in my ballet classes. I wore this filter when I was with my friends. I wore this filter when I was at school and the teacher told me off for being chatty. Can all the chatty ones say amen? Yeah, I thought because I wore this filter, when I got told off for being chatty, actually that equaled that the teacher really didn't like me and I was an unlikable student. When I walked into a room, I wore this filter if it was in a room with people that didn't know me and I would assume by the fact that they looked over and then looked away that they don't like me because I'm wearing this filter. I assumed because no one acknowledged me, I wasn't welcome there because I was wearing my rejection filter. But what I've learned is that's just what people do. They don't always look up and acknowledge you because maybe they feel rejected themselves. Well, I got so self-conscious in my feelings of rejectedness that I made decisions that would make me feel worse. I became so self-focused, not in a vanity way, just in an absolutely consumed way of my feelings that everything, everything went through this filter. It was so consuming. I made decisions by what I weighed on the scales. I made decisions out of whether I felt good in the outfit I was wearing. Now, obviously, those are some vanity things after just referring that it wasn't, but this is where I, where I got to. I did things through my rejection filter to be accepted at all cost. I would binge drink to get the confidence that I didn't have to be the life of the party, to be that person I longed to be but couldn't be because I didn't like who I was. I would just try all sorts of things to get a hit so that I wouldn't feel so low. You see, my filter was making me see or do things that were coming from my feelings. But sometimes our feelings are wrong. Sometimes our feelings are actually lying to us. See, there is a problem with living through a filter of rejection, and that is that a whole part of you stays locked up. Your heart, it stays limited. It stays living in a feeling that isn't even necessarily true. It stops you feeling free to live in unity and reaching out to others. But this is what God says, and I've got a a whole line of what God says. He says this, John 1, 12, I am his child. John 15, 15, I am Christ's friend. I have been adopted as God's child, times two for me. Ephesians 2, 18, I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. Colossians 1, 14, I've been redeemed and forgiven for all of my sins. Colossians 2, 10, I am complete in Christ. Romans 8, 35, it cannot be separated from the love of God. Philippians 1, 6, I am confident that the good work God has begun in me will be perfected. Ephesians 2.10, I am God's workmanship. Lastly, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can I encourage you, desperately desire every part of your heart to be unlocked because it is going to drastically change the way you filter your life. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. When we get our heart unlocked, that's when things can change. 
that's when your heart won't be sad. That's when your confidence will grow. That's when the things you once feared you wouldn't be able to do, you will step into as you know that it's not in your own strength, it'll be with God's strength. When God has access to our hearts, then He can heal us. And then the breakthrough can happen. Who wants a breakthrough in an area in their life at the moment? That's right. I think every one of us is going to sit here and have an area we can recognise. If it isn't rejection, there'll be an area of your heart. And I just wondered today if you knew this, that the Bible tells us something. This is what it tells us. We have an enemy. The enemy camps in places that he knows are slightly hidden. He's just lurking around. He's just like that unwelcome guest. But it's like he's there to distract you, to whisper things into your spirit, into your mind, to make you feel crap about yourself, to remind you of your past. The enemy is also lingering around to create drama. And he often picks the hidden places of our lives. Why? Well, because he knows that that part of you is locked up. And if he can keep it locked up, he darn well will do that. John, um, first in John 8, 44, says, He is the father of lies. He is a schemer, a deceiver. And you know what? He will do all he can to stop you, to tackle you midway through what you're trying to conquer and pull you back so that you feel like the struggle is too hard. I cannot do this. I can't overcome this. Because why he is your worst enemy? You think you've got enemies around here? The devil is your enemy. So how do you know when there are lies at work in your life? It's a good question, right? Well, there will be chaos. There will be dysfunction. And obviously, there'll be a part of your heart that is locked up. For years, I looked in the mirror and I hated what I saw. I hated everything. I had a list of what I hated. I hated my thighs. I hated my knees. I hated, you know, like these weird things that you, you list. I hated my nose. I hated my side profile. I hated my hair, the color of it, the, the curls. I hated my height. You know, the list was long of what I hated. I felt fat, I felt ugly, I felt dumb, I felt unwanted, I felt unlovable. And all I was seeing and was fully seeing all of who I was through my rejection filter. See, you might not be able to relate to being adopted because I'm sure there's not a full room of kids being adopted. But matters of the heart are deep waters. And even for Moses, who God used massively, he filtered things. He didn't feel good enough. He thought, I can't speak well. He said, oh my gosh, they won't take me seriously. And the people know about all my mistakes. You know, God would say to him, Moses, focus on me. Don't make these excuses, trust me and go for me. We've all got reasons why we can say to God, oh my gosh, we are not ready and, and I can't speak properly and you've heard my mumbling over, you know, words that I can't even say properly already this morning. But when God says, I choose you, then listen up. He doesn't just say it to some of us, He says it to all of us. And the fact is with heart issues that haven't been surrendered, we can't create unity. So 
Instead, it's disunity because we're living through those filters. We start second guessing everybody's responses to us. Their facials, why did they look at me like that? Why did they say that comment? Was that a compliment? Was that negative? What was about that comment? I don't even get what that comment means. Should I ask them about that comment? I'm going to go home and think about that comment for the next six days. And then when I see them again, I'm going to give them a death stare because I didn't like that comment. I know you've all done it. <laughs> Me too. Um, and we, we obsess over it. We obsess over it. Look, and then if we actually ask the person, they'll probably be like, I remember this girl saying it to me at school. I was at college. She goes, why do you look at me like that? And I go, eh? She says, you always look at me. And I have a resting face. And so I've had to work on it. But I was like, ah, oh, I, I didn't even know I was looking at you. So, you know, how many times had I looked at her in a certain way and her wondered, what was that look about? Sometimes with a rejection filter or with a filter of how we think people are looking at us, we get it all wrong. You see, we assume they're thinking the worst of us. And we're going to stay in that current place instead of moving into new territory and a place of victory and unity if we don't break through what is deep down inside of us. So all of this rejection, right, is causing more and more pain in our lives. It was causing so much chaos in my life. And then something weird happened. Oh, my mum kept asking me to church. Man, it got annoying. And, um, and eventually, like, she would tell me, oh, Beck, there's all these really handsome guys. And I was thinking, gag, I know the options, Mum. <laughs> they are not good. Like, she was trying anything. And I was like, oh, Flippin' Graham, he's, he's there. I mean, oh. You know, like, I knew the options, and they weren't handsome. But I mean, here's now. Here's now. Anyway, this has got, hey, guys, I was through my rejection filter. Come on. So anyway, I go there, go to church, and we're in Broad Green Hall, and, you know, we're sort of on the wooden, really comfy seats. Like, the, it wasn't like this. The worship wasn't as good as this, but God turned up. And the difference was God turned up, and it was like beginning life again. I gave my heart to God, and I was like, the forgiveness I felt for the stuff I'd done, the love I felt that I had never found in any other environment, like no, whatever you think you can get, whether it's a fix from alcohol, drugs, sleeping around, whatever you think, money, gambling, new outfits, cool shoes, whatever, nothing at all compares to the love of God and the acceptance and the healing that we can get from our hearts from God. And I was literally becoming a different person. Like I am, sometimes I have flashbacks of my life and I think that is so not a reflection of who I am today. It is so like last century or three ago. And I just think I am different because God got in my heart and He did a heart transformation. He has changed me from the top to the bottom, inside out, and I am made new in Him. See, God can do that. He can take you from once rejected to feeling accepted, which is exactly what He did. Still today, though, it is a daily choice for me, for all of us, to with our battle of our minds. Because I can have a day where I go, oh my gosh, look at you, you're having a bad hair day, aren't you, girlfriend? You know, like, what is going on? Did you not notice your mascara all down your face for the last six hours? Why did nobody tell me that at work? You know, like... You can have those days, but at the end of the day, 
you know, I'm still a child of God. He loved me. He chose me. And it's the same for you guys. And initially, yeah, it is their fault if you've been rejected or hurt in pain, initially. But the only person that ends up being locked up is yourself. And so that's when forgiveness has to happen. You see, Jesus said, forgive and you'll be forgiven. So we need to gear up for a battle. Because I had to replace the rejected feelings with the truth of God. And that was just scripture. All the ones I've talked about already. But I'm a child of God. I am made in His image. I am a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me if I let Him. It takes us trusting Him. I had to have time in His presence. Like, I would go out with my yellow Walkman and I had a tape in it and I would... (laughs) It was so cool in the dinner's day. And I'd walk down to Huna Beach and I would sing loudly and help all the people that heard me, but whatever. I was having a great time with God. And then I'd have to rewind. Oh my gosh, it was so painful. Anyone who grew up in my generation knows rewind because I'd always get a favourite song. And I'd have rewind and then the tape. Oh my gosh, help us Jesus. But anyway, I would spend so much time worshipping God, getting that in my spirit. I would pray to God. If it wasn't for prayer, I wouldn't have seen so many breakthroughs. You know, I got a mentor. I had people speak into my life constantly because there was stuff that needed to be changed. I had counselling, and I repeat, I had counselling. Yeah, as you can hear, I needed it. You know, I had to challenge my wrong thoughts. There was a lot of wrong thoughts. There was a lot of bad Wrong self-talk. And I needed to process the pain that I felt. It was okay to feel it, but it was time to move on from it. You see, I needed a fresh perspective. And sometimes we need to go to a counsellor or someone who's not just a friend who will just collude with you and listen and go, oh, that sucks, they're horrible. No, you need someone who can remove the emotion sometimes and just speak to the matter and go, do you know what? Do you want to be locked up anymore? I don't think so. Let's move on. Let's unlock your heart. Let heart issue be healed in Jesus' name. You know, I might not love everything about myself yet, but I tell you what, there are things about myself that I genuinely go, yeah, you're, you're all good at that. Like, that's good, and it's okay. I might not be the best at maths, but guys, I can sort of cover it out real good. Marie Kondo would be so, so proud of me. You might, not, you might only like your laugh at the moment, but if you can find something that you like, that you can be thankful for, that you can just start with going, thanks, God, you gave me the best laugh. If that's the only thing, just start saying, thank you, God. Find stuff, practice gratefulness, find something you can be grateful for. And recognise you're in a spiritual battle. Because when you get in the ring with Jesus and you get up each day and you ask for His strength and for His eyes to see ourselves and how or see yourself as you should and trust Him, there will be a difference. You get on these boxing gloves that Jesus gives you and you're going to see a difference in your heart. You're going to see that spiritual battle you can fight with Him. Are you ready for the ironic one? You've got to get yourself around the right people. If I stayed around my friends that I had, I wouldn't be here today probably. I would still be battling an issue of the heart. Because when you get around the right people that align themselves with the right thinking, with what God thinks of them and what God thinks of you, then you will find you'll see a change and a shift in your situation. You see, God has made me strong. God has made me whole. And God has changed my entire life by unlocking my heart. 
I'm not framed by rejection anymore because Jesus has set me free. And He can do the same for you. And whatever it is, whatever has got you locked up and filters your heart, I encourage you, let the rock in, let Jesus in and build your life on Him. Say, I'm accepted by Him. Even if you were never adopted, you were and you have been in Christ. So I'm declaring today that your struggle will soon be your strength and a story to share of God's incredible unlocking and power to set anybody else free who hears your story. Now you may not even believe it yet, but I'm believing it for you because I know that the God that we serve wants to see you free. You know, two years ago, I got a call one Friday night, it was late. I'd been at a school camp all week. Anyone who's been on one of them knows, you know, they're kind of tiring. A lot of fun, but tiring. And it was actually my biological brother. And he said, hey, um, mum needs you to know. She's been keeping it from us. I was like, oh man, he goes, she's in the hospice. And I said, okay, she would love you to visit. I said, I'd, I'd love to do that. So she had been in my world. We'd been finding the right balance of how she fitted in our world and our family. I'd met her as an 18 year old, but, but really not done a journey with her all the way through the years. But probably a few years before she passed, we started having in our world, the kids got to know her, she'd come around, we'd exchange gifts, you know, we'd, we'd have times together. And so I went to the hospice, I was walking down the corridor and I text um, my biological brother and said, hey, we're almost here. And he rings me and he says, hey, she actually passed away at six o'clock this morning. And I remember going, oh, I never got to say goodbye. I never got to share Jesus' heart for her. She knew that I had a heart for Jesus, but I never got to share it. And that day we went round to his house and we planned the funeral. Graham took, took it, I spoke at it. Um, that was weird because as I finished the, my birth, what would be my birth grandfather came up and said, oh, I didn't know it existed. I said, surprise. And, um, and I'm sure, of course, it was a blessing to him. And uh, anyway, I then came to church. Uh, so she passed away on the Saturday morning. I came to church on the Sunday morning and I remember just standing in the front row and like this huge grief and this huge pain of just more rejection just came over me and it was like I didn't just cry with mascara and little pretty tears it was messy like black like I'd been you know you some people go to that muddy day and they put on like different colored stuff and I just had it with mascara like warrior lines and then my snot didn't just drip down here it was like icicle snot you know it was really glamorous and um I just remember like snotting and sniffing like I am now and, and crying and sobbing. And it was like it was that last part of that rejection that I didn't even know was there because some information came out as we sat around the table planning her funeral of new information I never knew. And it was like some of those words didn't line up with some of their actions. And I was like, but why? Why would they not wanna keep me? Like, look at me, I am adorable. But I realised as God, as I stood there snotting and all that, that mess of who I was, God just said to me, you know what? 
That was always part of my plan. It was always part of my plan that I would pluck you out of there and put you in the family you're in. And then also your inheritance would be in my house and God's house and your inheritance and the pain you feel is nothing to the love and the joy you will experience in my house and my family. And I've adopted you into two families, the Polgo's family and the Kingdom of God. And that's when that, that last bit of healing I didn't even know I needed happened. And today there are chains of rejection in this room of over people. There is chains of rejection that are gonna be broken off. This message, God has woken me up several times over the last few weeks about this message and prompted me. And I thought, oh, you know, it's not about me today. I share some of my stories about you guys being set free, your heart being unlocked, the filter of rejection going for you. It can filter into all parts of your world if you don't get your heart issues sorted. So this morning, this has us on. I'm sure He would prompt, have been prompting you that whatever it is, let's get ready to let God unlock it this morning. I want you to lean in. I want you to think about something. And I would love if everybody who's able to stand right now in this moment, not because... We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.